Good good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to the podcast, Heavenly Places. Um, I'm your host, Jameer, and actually today is a, a very special day, particularly here for uh, the United States of America. It's uh, May 3rd, and it is uh, National Prayer Day, where we uh, get together and we uh, just pray. I mean, pray. we can pray for anything, but... Of course, any day, but in particular today is uh, the pray for our our nation. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Dorothy, she's going to take over for a little bit on that this evening. Uh, Yes, I was just um, thinking one of the things we should be praying for, for our nation, is all of those under the deception of the progressive left. Because these poor people believe all these lies and they believe the division and the nastiness and they're acting out in fear and becoming violent. And uh, as you all know, that's one of the reasons I, I lost my grandson because one of these ideologues in school decided she needed to force her idea of the Second Amendment down his throat. Poor oh, thing wow. is only barely 14 years old. Yeah, I've got to write that up because I do want to get that into the national spotlight because it's dangerous now. It's not only, I mean, an adult can fend that stuff off and say, oh, that's nonsense. But a child at that age is just forming their identity and what they believe in, and they're not necessarily able to defend why they believe what they do. And, uh, yeah. I think that's something we need to pray against because you can't just blame these people that they're believing lies, right? Yes. Yeah. So they're as much a victim as anyone else. So we need to pray for them. And, yes, they do need to be held accountable for their actions, but that's different. Um. So if everyone would just join me in binding the spirits that are involved in this deception and asking Father to show these people his glory and the truth. And you can probably say a prayer better than I can, Jameer. You're much more better at that stuff. Okay. Um, Well, yeah, well, we'll we'll go... Before our Father in prayer, um, Father, we uh, just glorify your name and lift up your name. Um, we thank you that we can even come before your presence because of the precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Father, um, we lift up a special prayer for the media and our nation, Father Lord, and the... Um, just our whole system of how the, the liberals and the um, conservatives, Democrats, Republicans, and 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 the different ones of Father Lord, and you know, and you know the message of God Lord that they're trying to uh, promote through the media. They're trying to discourage people. They're trying to cause people to go into fear. And Father Lord, we know Father Lord, you, that your word says perfect love cast out all fear. Father, Father, in the midst of that, the people who who won't listen to to your word, or or they won't read your word, or they won't attend a church, or they they don't have in mind the things, Father, that you have in mind for this nation. They they want us to uh, be about evolution and um, abortion and and just all things that are contrary to the written word to your scripture of a peace, harmony, love, salvation. Um, deliverance and perfection, Father Lord. Um, we know that the people that run in the country, the people right on Capitol Hill and the White House, Father Lord, and all the just the bad press and the bad legislation, Father Lord, that's being passed, oh, Father Lord, and the things, Father Lord, that, that are of God, things that are godly, things that are good, report, Father Lord, that, that are not being passed, and the senators and and um, the representatives who are in a position who are trying to serve you, Father, with their whole heart, but they're not able to, to get the, the bills and legislation passed, Father Lord, just because of the evil wickedness 
presence or in the darkness that is in power, Father. But, Father, you, uh, your word says that we, we should have authority over uh, snakes and scorpions and overcome all the work of the enemy, according to Luke chapter 11, Father Lord. And, um, Father, we, we know, Father Lord, that your word says that in the last and evil days it's going to be dark times and there's going to be a gross darkness over all the world, over over the United States, too. But also, Father, we know that, Father Lord, it says in the midst of that darkness that, that there's a people who know you and that they're going to be strong and do great exploits, and they're going to do these exploits, Father Lord, through passing bills and legislation, through promoting uh, the things of you, Father Lord, over the media, over the um, cable, Internet, um, social media, uh, the radio, Father, that they're going to be promoting good things in the midst of all this darkness, Father. And I pray Lord, that that voice, Father Lord, that the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit, would even get stronger and stronger during this day and time. And it will cause everyone, Father Lord, to draw closer towards you, Father Lord, and, and to repent, Father Lord, to turn from their evil ways, just like it says in Second uh, Chronicles 7.14, Father. It says, if my people who will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then you, Father, will heal the people and heal the land. And, Father, we as a people, their children, we thank you that you, that you call us our children. But we, Father, first we turn away from the things of the world, Father Lord, and we repent, Father. But we also pray, Father, for those that are in the world, Father Lord, um, for, the, for, the, for the liberals, oh God, Lord, for the um, – the, um, Oh, Father, I can't think of all the titles right now, but the uh, just uh, everyone in Congress, everyone, not just in the national government, but in, a, in the like our our regular town mayor, Father Lord, or or the people on the um, the par- parent teachers, parent teachers, uh, people that's in the school districts. Oh, Father Lord, that even them, Father, who don't know you, who want like things like evolution in the school, Father. Um, that they they would turn, Father Lord, and realize, Father, that you were the one who spoke everything into existence, including themselves, Father Lord, the, the uh, ones who were trying to eliminate you, Father. I pray, Father, you bring conviction, O oh God, Lord, upon their hearts and, and cause them to turn, Father Lord, turn turn towards you, turn towards your word, turn towards your promises, Father, because we within ourselves, Father, there's nothing perfect within us, nothing good with, within us. We can't solve the world's problems, Father Lord. We, um, without you, without your help, of course, you you equipped us. You placed us in these positions, these places of government, Father, for this time, for this generation, for this, this place, Father Lord. You place your people, Father Lord, and even the ones who don't know you but who who will know you and will turn, Father Lord. You place them position for this time, and they they might not even realize it right now, Father. But I pray, Father Lord, that your Holy Spirit. Your very presence, Father Lord, will just begin to take over the White House, Father Lord. It's called the White House, Father Lord. White, you know, White God, God Lord, is like a, a glory, a glorious color, Father Lord. The, the color of the building of what you say, Father. But I pray, Father Lord, that, that your glory, your Shekinah glory, would even overpower that, oh Father, and overpower all all of man's goals, man's agendas, and that we will put our agendas, like it says in Daniel, it says that the kingdom of this world. Are, are going to bow down and submit, and all the kingdoms they're going to bow themselves to you, Father. And I pray, Father, that right now that we're in a time, and I believe that we're in a time, and I say that we're in a time of transition to where the governments of this world, Father Lord, the peoples of this world, especially here in America, that we would su- surrender and submit to you and, and transfer the power from our own foolish ways towards you, Father. And from all the way from, um, the people, the parent-teachers conference, Father Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to say conference, but the people who are in the parent-teachers associations, Father Lord, um, the governors of different uh, states, Father Lord, um, lieutenant governors, a- any title that can be named, all the way up to the president, the CIA, FBI, all of these institutions, Father Lord, that we have, Father, that they would just turn and towards repentance to you, Father, and particularly, Father, also the media, Father Lord, the voice of Father Lord, of um, with all these technologies that that spread falseness, Father, that you will convict the reporters of oh God, Lord, and cause those who speak truth, O oh God, Lord, that their light will be shined, Father. 
Um, and also, I just pray, Lord, for the people who's receiving it and, and listening to the media, um, Father Lord, that you would cause them, Father Lord, to um, did everything that's coming through toward them, God Lord, that they, they won't receive anything, Father Lord, that you have not said, Father Lord, according to your word and promises for them, because we know that it, it's lie and deception and false and just to create a uh, evil atmosphere, Father. Um, I thank you, Father, for this time. I thank you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. I thank you for hearing our prayers, Father. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Um, amen. Amen. I, I that thank was everyone good. for praying. Yes, go ahead. I think we need to pray that Father's original intentions for this country come to pass. His kingdom come. I'm sorry, I'm having a little trouble breathing, so from the heat. (laughs) But yeah, I, I now is the time when we all have to stay praying and alert and pay attention and find those evil spirits because we know there are evil spirits in high places. We need to bind them and break their communication in Jesus' name so that they cannot get through to our people because even these ideologues that are in the deception are our people too. They're our brothers and sisters and they need prayer. Yes. Yes. Um, Yes. We do. If not everyone is listening, y'all can just just stay in prayer, because um, we know that prayer uh, it moves mountains, it moves situations, circumstances. No matter how big we think they are, no matter how small we think it, God, our Father is um, not concerned about it. He's concerned about everything. <laughs> you know, it says He knows the hair upon our heads, and you know He's concerned about the sparrows and the flowers. And all of those things. So uh, no matter how small you think it is or or how big, take it to your Father, our Father, <clears throat> in prayer. Um, okay, this evening we're going to go ahead and um, start off the teaching. And we are actually in the last chapter of the book, Manifest Destiny, The Path Towards Wisdom. And it is still time if you want to... Uh, to get a book, you can go to Amazon.com and get one, an ebook or a, a physical book, or you can also go to my website, Jameer, J-A-M-E-R-E dot O-R-G, and, uh, or you can send me an email at uh, Dr. Mirj, D-R-M-E-R-E-J-A-Y at gmail.com, and I will mail you off a free book at no cost to you. You don't even have to pay for the uh, postage. So you know, if you're interested, you can uh, contact me through my webpage or you can contact me through my email or also you can send Dorothy Carruthers an email and contact her and she will let me know. <clears throat> okay, this uh, last chapter is titled Knowing Emptiness. Emptiness in the main scripture we will be using is uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. And this is talking about Jesus, and it says, I'm going to read it to you. It says, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of servant, being made in human likeness. So basically it said, uh, Jesus, he made himself nothing, you know. And uh, that scripture right there is just so powerful because when, when you think about from where he came from, where he had everything, you know, that probably anyone could ever want and dream of or not dream of because their imagination probably cannot receive. But he he gave up all of that things that we know a little bit of and things that we don't know to be made in human likeness. So basically what that is saying is that uh, he emptied himself, you know, became like us because, of course, he is the greater and even though this uh, chapter is called Knowing Emptiness, um, another word that can be used is uh, sacrifice. 
Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore, I, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of our Father's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to your Father. For this is your true and proper worship. You know, so this is basically talking about offering, offering ourselves like Jesus did, Yeshua, like he did, um, emptying himself. And we also ought, ought to empty ourselves. Um, and I believe that's that's one of, also one of the keys, because each one of these chapters are keys to uh, manifesting your destiny. And knowing emptiness is this key. And there are several different types of ways that uh, one, someone could empty yourself. And, of course, one of the first ones I thought about emptying yourself is uh, through fasting, you know. Um, there's many methods or types of fast. I mean, everyone's familiar with the food fast, you know. Um, for those who are younger, or maybe if you're not younger, you play video games, you can fast on video games or fast on watching television or different types of media, Um I heard somebody do a word fast where they refrain, tried their best to refrain from saying negative things. You know, so there there are many types of fast that uh that one and some people have done a fast where they uh, just fasted from uh caffeine. They stopped doing that, you know. So um you can pray um to your father and then let the uh the Holy Spirit lead you and and guide you. Some people do internet fast. Um, in scripture, we see a lot of people, a lot of times that people are doing the food fast, uh, Daniel and the three Hebrews, Hebrew boys, uh, they only ate certain food and that's recorded in Daniel chapter one, you know, and they were only eating certain things, <clears throat> but fasting, you know, is more than just abstaining from something you desire, you know. Because when you when you perceive, uh, I heard someone say this: when you perceive fasting as only not eating, then you're not fasting, or you're fasting according to the ways of the world. But spiritually, basically, you're just starving yourself physically. <laughs> if that's the only thing that you're doing, you're just starving. You know, making your stomach growl. Um, but we should view fasting, you know, as a tool. And we talked about this. Some of, uh, through some of the other chapters as a tool that causes us to move closer to our Father, you know, rather that it should be a tool. It doesn't so much move our Father, but what it does is it changes us. It causes us to move, you know. Uh, even Jesus, when he was up doing his earthly ministry, at one time the scriptures recorded that he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, you know, and I believe Jesus, he understood that fasting is a key to the supernatural. And during Jesus' fast, we know that he encountered both demons and angels. You know, or actually he encountered not demons, but he actually encountered the Bezalel, uh, Lucifer himself, the devil. You know, the one overall of the kingdom of darkness, you know. Um and sometimes, you know, people say, uh, I heard on the radio, of course, when people are talking about fasting, that it kind of makes you uh, become delusional when you abstain from food because you start doing things. But, but fasting is, is also, it's more than that, you know. While while you're fasting, I believe that you, you can have, like, some delusional experiences, but I also believe you have a, a spiritual, spiritual um experiences also you know so what you need to do is write down okay i want to fast you uh, select you a time did you fast maybe you're just doing a half a day fast uh, me and my friend at one time when i was in college we did a uh a tag team fast where i would fast half of the day and then he would fast half of the day <laughs> you know so it's, it, it is many 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 different types of fasting you know um, one example I like to give you, uh, I like to compare fasting to shoveling snow. I know uh, Dorothy, she's very 
they probably are very familiar with their, her, her area, even though Missouri is right where I'm at, it also snows. But um, shoveling snow, guess what? I don't want to do it just like sometimes I don't want to fast. <laughs> However, I know if I want to go anywhere spiritually or physically, I have to do both of them, you know. So in my house, I have this very long driveway. <clears throat> when it snows, there's just so much snow to shovel. And this one particular time where it snowed, it it snowed, uh, man, I can't, it was very, very high. I want to say, at least kind of like above my knees, it it has snowed above my knees, um, maybe like 10 10 inches or something like that, 10, 12. I can't remember how much it has snowed, but... uh, and one time actually it snowed 16 inches, but I can't, I think it was this time it was like 10 inches. I think the 16, I just said, forget it. I'm not going anywhere <laughs> probably for a couple of years, you know, until it melts, melts away. But this particular time I actually had to go and leave my driveway to go somewhere. So guess what I had to do? I had to go and shovel. I had to shovel that long, long driveway. And then even after shoveling, it's still kind of icy once you get, toward the bottom part of it. So then I had to put ice melt down on it. And this is, it doesn't really get rid of it, but it kind of like soft, softens it and melts it, you know, and it actually kind of makes it easier to remove when, once you get start getting down to the bottom of the nitty gritty when you start shoveling. And I say that to the, that's how fasting is like, you know, fasting is like shoveling and then you start going down to salt. Fasting softens the cures of the world that block out our spiritual awareness, you know. So think about when you think about fasting, you can also think about shoveling because when you're trying to somewhere, and that's what the purpose is, is a fasting. It's not that you're trying to get your father, God, to do anything, but you're trying to get yourself in a position, you know. Um, but fasting is, is not the only answer, you know. There there are many, many ways that we can also uh, empty ourselves, you know. That's that's not the only way. Um, so I had uh, uh, let's see, let's see. Daniel, I was Daniel. Of course, he, we talked about this. other Daniel went on a twenty-one day fast, and he encountered an angel. Um, Moses also he went on a fast. Uh, Exodus thirty-four verse twenty-eight. Uh, he went on a fast, and guess what happened after his fast? He wrote the Ten Commandments. So that 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 was amazing. Um, fasting it it uh, does many things. Um, <clears throat> okay, let me get to the the, the next point of uh, emptiness. And then actually, I want to use a uh, example of sacrifice. Um, talking about my grandmother. Um, and for many years, I, I, I never knew really. I just known her as my grandmother. I didn't know what kind of sacrifice she made. But um, she, my grandmother, she's also uh, Filipino, and she um, was from the other side of the world, you know. But uh, she married my grandfather. And after them having about four or five kids, including my father, I think he was maybe like 10 or something where then they moved over here to the States, you know? And I just thought about the sacrifice that she took from leaving the Philippines, coming all the way over here to America. You know, this is back in a time where we didn't have the internet and you couldn't order things. Okay. I can order this over here because I can have them shipped it over here. I mean, you probably could order, but it would take many, many long time. So she had to adjust and change her diet. You know, many of the traditional cuisines, like one of the things you like to eat is poncet, you know, and of course we can make that now, but I'm pretty sure then then when she had moved over here, that was something that was very rare to her, you know, and then just to think about all her relatives that she had left behind, her mother, father, siblings, and cousins, you know, they were no closer to her than than a rock, you know, than, than, than Mars is, you know. And then just think about the language. She spoke a different language, but she also spoke English. But she really couldn't speak the language, you know, communicate with people around her, you know. Um, 
And then even uh, she had very, very, very long hair. I mean, it was always almost close down to her feet, but because she was, was talking, they, I found out that she had to cut her hair because she couldn't keep it long because we're, there was just some things that weren't acceptable back then in a the day like that. So she had to, she had to do all these sacrifices, you know, um, just so she could, uh, fit in and not, not so much fit, fit in or blend or blend in, but just so she could, she can feel a part herself too and, and live a life. You know, she had to make all these, uh, sacrifices, and for me myself, I'm I'm glad that she made the uh, sacrifices, <laughs> you know. But that that's that's another way that uh, we can empty ourselves. Um, I remember one time my my father told me uh, a story, another story, but my grandmother did. Uh, he seen her giving money away to a homeless guy, you know, and and my father said he asked her, "Why are you giving away money to this stranger?" And basically she was saying because uh, someday you're going to need it, you know. So my basically with my, my grandmother, she understood that the, that the uh, path towards empty, emptiness and emptying yourself and your destiny lies beyond just what you're doing right there. She understood the sacrifice in itself is not the end. Basically, she knew that, you know, of course, the concept, you know, do good, the golden rule, do good into others or whatever, like the scripture says, give, give, and it shall come back to you, give measure, press down, you know. And I'm sure many times my father have had people that he doesn't know give into his lives. I know I have people that I didn't know uh, just give to me, and I and I believe that's because of the, that when my grandmother, she would empty herself because of just different things like that. You know, um, and even not my grandmother, but monks, you know, you guys, I'm sure you heard of monks, you know, they are, they are empty homes. So actually one monk, as I was studying on this topic was, uh, St. Benedict. There's a, if you get a chance to look at someone, St. Benedict, this man was very powerful. Actually, he came from a wealthy family in Rome and he was a very privileged person he lacked any he didn't like anything he even had servants however he knew something was missing in his life and he was a believer but he wanted more the father and guess what he ended up doing living a life of seclusion for three years and during this time i believe the father was filling him up and he didn't stay in in seclusion if you read his life story um they said that this saint, he performed many great miracles. I mean, they said he raised people from the dead. He cast out demons. He had a boy of leprosy, and he gave back to the poor, you know. Um, they said even once that he prophesied to a king, and the king was Toledo, and that he said that he would die in 10 years because of his wickedness. And guess what? It happened, you know. Uh, saint Benedict is a very powerful, uh, even the church, you know, he was so powerful that uh, actually they said that, that, that the church actually tried to assassinate him several times, you know. They said he tried to poison him one time, uh, <clears throat> and the time that they tried to poison him, that actually he would always bless his food, but they said that the cup shattered. Um, another time they tried to poison his bread, and they guess what? They said a raven came and took the bread from his plate. Um these are just like some of the testimonies that were said of him because he had emptied himself for those three years and allowed the father to fill him. But instead of just staying in there, because a lot of times monks, they can spend years and years in isolation and give all this time to the father, but they never give a chance to, to give that back. Like, cause when the father fills you, he expects you to release those things so that uh, he can continue to fill you. So you can, continue to become empty to the things that he wants to place within you. Um, and so that St. Benedict, he's uh, one of the examples that uh, I gave in a book. Um, so the purpose of uh, emptying, the purpose of fasting, it, 
And so basically we can become filled with the things of our Father. And it, it's a, a continue, you must have a continuing emptiness, you know. If there's anyone listening who wants to see the sick healed or you want to see the dead raised or or you just want people to come into a deeper relationship with the Father or become saved themselves, you have to place yourself in a position of empty where God, our Father, <clears throat> can use you through those ways, you know. Um and that's uh, uh means uh, that we must have a continual, continual, continual emptiness, you know. Um, <clears throat> Philippians um one two uh very uh one of my scriptures I like to quote, it said, Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, his divine power has given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness, you know. It, um, what that is saying is uh, basically that our Father, he's given us everything, you know. He's given us everything we need, but we ourselves, we have to be empty. We have to empty. And while we're fasting or whatever we're sacrificing or giving up for our Father, um, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to like put down that donut, or or it's hard to not go to that movies or or what it, or whatever it may be for you. But we have to remember that the benefits of being empty far outweigh what we currently perceive to be a benefit of being full. So like, oh man, I'm gonna eat this donut. Mm, that's gonna be so good. But if you submit that to our Father. That that feeling of eating that donut and and the goodness of that is nothing in comparison to abstaining from that donut and what the Father wants to give you in replace of that, you know. So, and the main way he he does that basically is through his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you know, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, and all around us, you know, there's a uh, there's an invisible battle being waged. I'm sorry. There's an invisible battle being waged. And if we are perceptive, we can see it in our everyday lives and issues that we face, you know. Um, and not only that, we can see it. We was praying earlier about the national news. We can see it in the national news. We can we can see it in the, uh, the world news. And one example is the conflict in the Middle East. This little video land is causing all these problems and all these countries wanting to fight. You know, this this one little place <clears throat> and the root of the conflict is basically the filling of Jerusalem. Who's going to live there? What what group of people is going to be there? Is it going to be the Palestinians? Is it going to be the Arabs? Is it going to be the Christians? Is it going to be the Jews or the Hebrews? Who is going to be in that land? You know, there's there's many titles. You know, there, there are um, Arabs who are Christians. There are Jews who are Christians. There there are Jews who are Muslims. It, it, it's um I know that 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 sounds, but I, I I've seen some of the people like that. You know, but what I'm, what I'm trying to trying to get at is all these titles. The the main title that matters is the ones that are that our Father, <laughs> our Father in heaven. You know, and what he says about the land and who he wants to feel in the land, you know. Um, First Kings chapter 11, verse 36 says, I will give one tribe to his son so that David, my servant, will always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I choose to put my name. So this First Kings 11, verse 36 says that, that this is David's land, basically. That Jerusalem is his land, and it's not because David was greater than anyone or, or well, David did some things that were pleasing to the Lord, you know. And he, he wasn't a perfect man. But even David comes from the uh, the, the Israel, the nation of Israel, and, and, and the father said he chose Israel not because they were, like, so good, but he said he chose them because they was 
the least of all the nations. That's that's why he basically chose them, because he wanted to show the whole world what he can do with the least, you know. And even the whole nation, when you look at the border of the map, it's the least. I mean, that why is everyone fighting over that land? It ain't like it's like Hawaii or anything. It's just because the father says one of the, this is a, a classic scripture, First Kings eleven verse thirty six. Our father says that Jerusalem is going to be David's place. And not only that, it's going to be the city where I choose to put my name. So from that statement, we have all this conflict in Jerusalem because, okay, the enemy, Satan, he heard that scripture too. And because our father wants his name there, guess what? Satan wants to put his name there too. <laughs> That's why it's all this attention over there Because as our father is trying to fill this place Satan is also trying to fill this place um, Matthew 24 verse 15 Talks about the abomination of desolation In Jerusalem Where the enemy is trying to put His his name in place Just because the father And, it, and that's just like on a national Or international level But the same way the father is trying to put his name in Jerusalem and Satan is trying to put his name in Jerusalem, you can put your name there. Whether your name be John, Cindy, or Jameer, the father is trying to put his name on you. And Satan, though, he sees that the father is trying to put his name on you. So he is also trying to put his name on you, you know. Um, so both of them, the father is trying to fill you and also Satan is trying to fill you. If you remember the story of the demoniac in uh, Mark chapter 5, we have the legions of demons, you know. They were feeling this man. Or Mary Magdalene, she, went, she was filled by seven evil spirits, you know. They were filled by the enemy. But, you know, the both of them became delivered because Jesus put the name of our Father on them or in them. You know, so it was this battle or this conflict, you know, and we got to realize sometimes, you know, there's no in-between. It's only basically two choices, even though it seems like as many choices. One choice, you know, is life, and the other choice basically is death, you know. And me, myself, I don't I don't believe. I know some people teach it to the believers, you know, that they can or we can be possessed. However, I believe uh, Satan can't possess you, but I believe he will settle for whatever is next in line, and that's a, to instead of possessing you, that he will oppress you, and he will oppress you and stop you from fulfilling your destiny. Um, if he can't stop you from becoming saved, he will stop you from saving others, if, or he will stop you in your finances, he will stop you in your health, he will stop you with it, and whatever, he, whatever area he can, even Matthew 16, verse 23, he couldn't stop Peter from being saved, but he said, I'm going to use Peter to try to stop Jesus. And Jesus said, uh, basically, he said, uh, Peter was telling Jesus that he don't have to die. Uh, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, because you're a stumbling block, you know. So he will try to use your mouth or whatever he can. If he cannot stop you from being saved, he's going to use you to try to hinder your purpose or someone else's purpose, you know, connected closely with you, you know. Um, it could be something grand or it could be something small, you know, but we have to always maintain and be focused, you know, on what, what our father is trying to do, you know. Um, actually one time during, uh, one of my, uh, <clears throat> I was fasting and I, I think it was, maybe I was on a three or seven day fast sometime in between that, but, um. I'm always like I'm always a person who's a, a spiritually uh, discerned where I see certain things or feel certain things. Um, I guess it's just something I, a lot that I have in my life that I'm supposed to take up. I don't know, but anyway, I remember at 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, and also I've been kind of sick around that time too. But I was I've been fasting, and I kind of fell asleep on the couch in my in my front room living room. And um, that was a nice recliner couch. Anyway, around 3 in the morning, um, I feel very discomforted. Um, 
then it was kind of like an unnatural darkness, you know. And basically, what was happening was, uh, hey, yeah, I'm not sure you heard of sleep, sleep paralysis. Have you heard about that? But I, I believe that was a, a demonic attack. But actually, the one that what this happened, I actually got a video on my YouTube page. But basically, um, I woke up, couldn't move, but I seen like a. You ever see a tree? A tree before me, except it was like a shadow of a tree, and uh, a branch, like an arm. A branch of it kind of reached out to me and, and like, reached out and began to choke me. And it had the tree, like, had eyes, but you couldn't see the eyes because they was, like, you could, like, kind of, like, see through the eyes, you know. And, you know, uh, I was in that thing, and I was, I was scared, you know. I've been attacked by the enemy in, in different ways, similar to that one way, but I never seen something like that so vivid, you know. Um but I I began to call the name Jesus and pray, and I couldn't say with my mouth. <laughs> you know, I couldn't say with my mouth, but I just kind of like kind of thought said it or whatever. I thought it and thought said it, and uh, basically it basically it released like the branch. I seen it like pull back, and I seen the thing kind of like float away into the ceiling to kind of like fade away. And uh, you know that was a uh, it's uh, kind of like frightening for me, you know. <laughs> like, man, I don't know if I want to go sleep again. <laughs> but of course, I just want to sleep with you. And it's half of that. Um, it got me to get in praying more. You know, I was already praying in pastor. And I was actually received this teaching by this minister. You may have heard of before on TV, Jason Franklin. And actually, he talks about on a CD. I was just listening to it. I didn't ever put two and two together. This was probably like a couple of weeks later. Uh, he talked about having a, a same similar experience in the CD, you know, um, about that. But he was talking about that he had been uh, fasting and praying, you know, and that kind of like encouraged me not that he was being attacked too, because I don't want to see somebody else attacked. But what encouraged me was that uh, that he got through it and that I can get through it too. And I only that I hope I'm sharing this that uh, you also that you also. Um, can also come through it too, you know, because the main thing is uh, the feeling, you know, when once the father sees you, I mean, once the enemy, he sees you, or even the father sees you trying to empty yourself, it's going to be an attack, a war. First uh, Corinthians chapter 30, verse 16 through 17 says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? And if, Anyone destroys God's temple, that's what God is going to destroy him. <laughs> that's what it says in First uh, Corinthians 3, verse 16 through 17. So anyone that's coming against you now, we, we have our Father, and he's not going to just sit back idly and let things happen to you. You know, sometimes I believe some things are happening for testing purposes, for growth purposes. But guess what? Our Father is always on our side, no matter what it sees, seems like. See, whatever you see, taste, touch, hear, feel, and smell, no matter what that is going on with that situation, guess what? Our Father is always on our side. Now, um, also the thing about emptiness is uh, quality, not just quantity like you're doing, like, oh, I fasted for seven days, or I fasted for eight hours, or I did all this for this amount of time. <clears throat> I mean, your list, that's important, but not as important as quality. Because you can get as much as accomplished spiritually with the Father in one hour if you're doing sincerely in, in, um, in quality than you can for years and years and years, you know. Actually, an example of this is uh, when you're doing things just to do them out of routine. Um, I had a class that I took in college and uh one of my teachers, uh, I submitted an assignment. Actually, I gave a presentation. And actually, this presentation was the Kurds in the Middle East. And I, during this uh, presentation, actually, I didn't really do that much research. I just kind of threw the presentation together, you know, kind of made it look good with all the diagrams and charts. And as I was given the uh, presentation, like some of the, the students that were like, in the class, I noticed they was 
kind of impressed. I, I, and I was just starting with the presentation, but then my instructor, Dr. Beza, he quickly recognized that something is not right. And he went on to probe me and asked me these different questions on the presentation. And basically everything that I had and all the research and all this kind of stuff, basically it was no quality to it because a lot of information was just irrelevant to what I was trying to say and explain. And basically it, Dr. Basil, my teacher laughed at me, my classmates laughed at me, you know, and I ended up having to do that presentation four times until I got it right because I was just trying to rush through it and do something just to do it thinking that my teacher would pass me. And that was not of a, a quality, you know. It was it wasn't a quality, it wasn't acceptable and I had to go back, I had to go stretch my brain, you know, things that I didn't think I could do, you know, but you know, that no had to be the help of my father, you know, that that helped me and also the librarian <laughs> actually to come up with this information and the research that my professor was giving me and I was able to give him not not just quantity but a quality presentation and I believe that's what our father is um wanting from us, you know. So in that process I had I was humiliated, and I had to humble myself, you know. And emptiness, you know, that's what it often involves. We have to humble ourselves. And one way we humble ourselves, you know what, spiritually, we can do this through worship and adoration of our Father, through singing songs, you know. You know, I've been growing up um, throughout the years. I've been a member of several different denominations. I mean, non-denominational, Baptist, Pentecostal, First Baptist, um, you name it. You know, some of them, I don't even know if they really could have a name, <laughs> the vineyard and things like that. <clears throat> um, I've seen people, like, at some worship services, like, they're doing ballet. Like, they're ballet dancing, doing worship. You know, little kids. I've seen little kids holding hands, running in circles at some churches. I've seen um, people bowing down on their knees, you know, doing worship. People lifting up their hands. Some people are just sitting in their chairs. All of those are ways are different forms of worship from the different denominations. I've seen some people running with joy, doing worship, you know. And that. And when I was younger, you know, you, I used to kind of like laugh at those type of things because you didn't understand what was really going on. But I didn't realize they were celebrating and um, magnifying the goodness of God. Now, I, my rhythm is not good enough where I'm not comfortable to be probably running around and all that some kind of things I might fall down. <laughs> but um however you, you see fit to express yourself in worship. Maybe you are running, maybe you are dancing or praising or some type of thing of lifting up your hand. Um where the spirit is moving upon you to respond in that way. You know, maybe you're just screaming and yelling at the top of your lungs, you know, or just sing, singing a hymn, holy, holy, holy. Like one of my, that's one of my favorite ones, you know. These are all ways, anyway, what I'm saying is these are ways that we can empty ourselves before our Father, you know. And guess what? Me, when I was younger, I was judging them and laughing at them. But now I'm growing up kind of realize, hey, that's the way people worship. I mean, people are moving their legs and all this kind of thing. And guess what? It's not me that's going to be judged with worship, with uh, true worship anyway. It's our Father. He's the one that's going to judge what's susceptible. And we know this basically from the, even from the beginning of Scripture. Uh, both Cain and Abel, they presented our Father with a gift. However, guess what? Our Father only accepted Abel's. You know what? You know why? <clears throat> Hebrews 11, 4 says, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was committed as righteous, you know. So basically, our father, he he's the one who's judging. I mean, on the outside, both of them look the same, you know, but on the inside, through the heart, you know. Uh, John 4, chapter 24 says, those who worship him, guess what? They must worship him in spirit and in truth. So... I learned, hey, I can't judge others <laughs> like that because, okay, when I'm saying, seeing on, and sometimes I'm not saying that people are doing things that are ungodly and just not right. You know, I'm not talking about that right there, but I'm talking about things that just kind of like look funny or a loopity loop type of things that, uh, hey, they're really emptying themselves before the Father, you know. Um, and so you you need to figure out ways that you can empty yourself to worship. Maybe you're just, just sitting down or bowing down or whatever it may be, but you figure out and discover a way that you can empty yourself 
before the Father, you know. Um, another way, some people go into their songs and give them money, uh, tithes and offerings. Uh, some people, they, they pay their local churches. Some people give to different church, charitable organizations like the Salvation uh, Army. Uh, one of the organizations I give to is Compassion International, where they uh, reach out to uh, children in other countries, you know. Um, also do some things that are um, ministries that are that are urban, like in different cities, where able to contribute to them in that way. Some people contribute to media ministries, you know. They're like, hey, the gospel is going to be spread that way. So those are different ways, you know, that um, we can uh, empty ourselves, you know. Um, and actually, I want to I want to share with you. Um, it's kind of like this story that I wrote, you know, about uh, and I'm kind of moving away from the uh, emptiness because we're getting close towards the end of, end of this book. But uh, it's kind of like a uh, a story that I that I wrote about, you know, um, and it's basically talking about it's like a journey, you know. So I'm gonna go start off with it. So I began to walk on a path road with signs and markings. And these markings, you know, they kind of help you to stay on track. And as I journey further and further, the paved roads turned into gravel roads. And then the gravel gravel roads turned into muddy paths. And the muddy paths led me to what seemed like an endless forest to nowhere. And I journeyed so deep in the forest that the trees blocked my view of the sun. And even the rays of light were unable to penetrate this place. You know, occasionally my journey led me to a place I had been before. And I would often come across an abandoned house. And there was nothing special or unusual about this place. The windows were cracked. Portions of the outside looked as if they had been burned. Grass was growing through the crevices of the porch. There were holes in the roof. The yard was a forest. And they had not seen a lawnmower in decades. And its appearance was uninviting. Who would want to go there, you know? But one day as I crossed the pause, came across this uh, abandoned house, I was drawn to it. <clears throat> and as if it was basically saying, come and come to me, you know. And the door was sealed from the outside by a four by four. And a sign hung up, hung up on it that said, no trespassing. But I thought to myself, surely nobody really remembers this place. It was forsaken and forgotten. And you know what? No one would care if I entered this place anyway. So the barricaded lumber that was easily pried off, I opened the door. And inside of it, it was like every other abandoned house that you can imagine. Gone from room to room. And as I entered deeper and deeper into to the house, I was drawn in like a fish on a hook. And with each step I took, you know, you know that creak. I heard the creak, you know. I creak, creak, creak. And I wondered, uh, could this house speak as I was walking in? And with this question, I feel like I heard a voice that began to go stronger and stronger. And in this house, this vacant house that was empty and abandoned, I began to feel a sense of familiarity, you know, as if I were the one who owned this decayed place and suddenly the gust of winds whisked down the hallway and this force slammed the door that was only a few feet in front of me shut. You know, I began to think about the scary movies I've seen over the years and anytime you have a door closing a voice is telling you to get out, that should be a sign of leave. But I wasn't deterred, you know. I continued my investigation and I thought if death was behind that door, I'm going to die today. 
after all, you know what? I had no other place to look. Plus, I didn't hear an audible voice that said, get out, you know. But even though there was an unmistakable presence inside of that heat of that house urging me to leave, you know, yet there was another sensation pressing me to go further. And I tried to open that door that had shut. And it was much more difficult to open that door than the front door, as if someone was pushing from the other side. This only made me more determined. And when I finally tried to open the door, I saw something I wasn't ex- expecting. And in the middle of the floor was an old treasure chest. And from that chest, illuminated rays that penetrated the site open. <clears throat> that penetrated, you know, you can see it through the opening. And as I opened it, I felt as if my journey was complete. But also, that it was just beginning. I found what I was searching for um, in a place that I least expected it. And what I found was a, a unlimited treasure, my resolution, you know. And basically, uh, with the house, the abandoned house represented, that empty house represented, you know. And my connection with it was that the building basically is a representation of me. Or perhaps the building could be a representation of you if you feel forsaken or if you feel abandoned or if you feel forgotten, you know. Um, sometimes we feel like that, that we that we are abandoned or that we are in abandoned places. And, you know, that we're searching for our answers. We're searching for our resolution. We search the airways, uh, the television, the, the media. We search. We ask our best friends. Some people ask fortune cookies or Oprah Winfrey or whatever it may be. We search. Yet our Heavenly Father has placed the treasure within us. You know, the abandoned building, the places forsaken. The scripture that I read earlier, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us through his own glory and goodness, you know. And this treasure, this in this uh, treasure chest, it causes us to be more than conquerors, and it's going to lead us to manifesting our destiny. And that's If you uh, look at the cover of the book, I have this abandoned house on there, and I have this uh, treasure chest, <laughs> a treasure chest, you know, on there in the front, you know. And basically what I'm, what I'm getting at now is that uh, me, myself, in this book, you know, if you got the book, I gave you these different nine keys, you know, and this is as, as far as I can take you on this particular destiny, you know. So and some of the directions that, I, that I've been given in this book, like emptiness and knowing your father, knowing the secret place, some of them are vague and some of them are not very specific, you know, um, and some of y'all might be feeling that I, I led y'all into a dead end, <laughs> um, but, but don't believe that, don't think that, you know, because uh, your father, he has reserved something special for you, and you know what's really not something that I can give you, you know, um, it's something that I kind of can lead you to or point you in that direction. But it's, it's something that you have to, to thrive for or go for. Just like I went on that abandoned road where I went from the uh, sidewalk to the muddy road to where there wasn't a path at all. We ourselves, we must be like uh, pilgrims. You know, we're talking about the National Day. We must be like pilgrims, you know, searching. We must be willing to leave everything we knew or know for the things that may seem or appear uncertain, you know. And that's what the pilgrims did when they left uh, this place for the new world, you know. Um, but our voyage, you know, we, in a sense, know a little bit of, of where we're heading, you know. It's just that there are some things that are uh, very, very, very uh, mysterious. One last thing I want to share for with you before uh, 
I'll close. I want to talk about um, a gentleman by the name of a black man. His name is, uh, if you're familiar with George Washington Carver. Um, and he has, uh, he was a uh, inventor. You may be familiar with him, but what he said is that uh, he said that he would lock himself in a laboratory with nothing but guess what? A peanut, his equipment, and a word of God. He didn't have any internet or anything like that. And guess what? He would ask the father to tell him the mysteries of the peanut. And guess what? The father revealed to him over 300 uses for the peanut. I mean, cosmetics, dyes, printer ink, paints, plastic, shaving cream, gasoline, um, all these things the father revealed to him. He, uh, George Washington Carver, he had this place. He called it, he called it uh, the place that he would go to his God's little workshop. And what God will reveal different things to him. And we ourselves, we can be like Carver. You know, we can have our own little workshop where our father reveals things to us. Maybe it's not a peanut. Maybe it's some type of venture. Maybe it's some type of direction. You know, I believe our father, he, he wants to give us all these things. That's the purpose of this, of this book is to show that that you have a destiny that, that that's within you that you're supposed to accomplish, but you can only do it through him, you know. Maybe he has uh, within you the uh, invention to uh, for a car that runs without uh, gasoline, you know, or without solar energy. I don't know what it may be, you know, but our Father has unlimited wisdom. Um, there are so many things, so many wisdom jewels that our Father has. I want to encourage you that if you empty yourself and you place yourself in a position of that, that... Um, that the Father will begin to speak to you and that he will uh, manifest whatever destiny he has called you to be, that it will be manifested in your life, um, that it will come to pass. Um, and with that, I will close. And uh, Dorothy, are you there? Yes, I'm still here. All right. Did you have any comments or anything? Uh, just the thought that crossed my mind that, you know, we do, all do have a destiny and all of us, it may look different, but our ultimate destiny as a Christian is to empty ourselves out and get filled with Father so that we can be a blessing to others. And and it's almost like a procreation, if that makes sense. Does yeah. that sound silly? Yeah. 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 So that yeah, that's so true. Um, Well, uh, that's the end of the book, and I'll I'll be praying about to the Father um, about the what to bring to you to you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, next week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer um, oh, Before I close in prayer Remember y'all can get the book I'm still uh, shipping it out for free uh, Go to my website Jameer.org J-A-M-E-R-E dot O-R-G Or you can email me D-R-M-E-R-E-J-A-Y At gmail.com uh, Close out in prayer um, And don't forget this, this is National Day of Prayer You can remember to keep our nation lifted up Father, we coming to you for prayer, Father. Let let the uh, words that we heard tonight, Father, Lord, this evening, not depart from our hearts, Father. Let us uh, walk, Father, Lord, as as your children, as your servants, Father, Lord. Let us give up the things of the world. Um, if we're if we're feeling lonely, neglected, or forsaken, Father, Lord, let us um, draw near to you, Father, because we know that your word says you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, Father. I pray for all the listeners, Father Lord, that um, you would save those who are connected with them, that you would draw them, Father Lord, themselves closer towards you, Father, that you would give them an understanding during this time, Father, Um, that you would do many mighty things and great things through your children, through your people, through me, that you would give them good rest, peace, and sleep, that you would multiply their health, multiply their finances, Father Lord, um, and just give them... um, 
words to say of comfort to people who are around them, Father Lord, um, that you have moved through their lives, oh, Father Lord. Uh, if there's anyone who's needed uh, jobs or employment, some type of provision, Father Lord, that you would open up the, those doors, Father Lord, that they need healing in their relationships, maybe as mother and daughter or brother and sister, or whatever it is, that you bring healing, uncle or aunt or whatever it may be, Father. Um, boss and supervisor or co-worker, Father Lord, heal that relationship, Father. Draw them towards you, Father. We thank you for your wisdom, your grace and mercy and salvation. Um, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I'd like to um, thank everyone for uh, tuning in again this evening. And remember, you can listen to, listen to it on Vimo and YouTube, and um, I can't remember all the other ones. Uh, SoundCloud is on there, and, of course, Blog Talk is on all of those ones. And um, thank you, and I, I thank you, Dorothy, for having me again this evening. Oh, thank you. And we're on TuneIn now. I just got the memo. I did forward you a copy. Tune in and <laughs> that comes as part of blog talk now. So being as part of tune in, you can now ask Alexa to listen to our podcast. If you have an Alexa. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't have one of those yet, but I've I've seen those before, yeah. So Yep. Yep. So that was a love of teaching, Jameer. And I'd like to, you know, say to all the listeners, Father Bless. I'm sorry I'm so squeaky tonight. I'm a little wheezy. Um, went from cold to hot and humid in, in 24 hours. <laughs> just, but have a blessed week, and we'll see you next week. Be interesting to see what Jameer teaches next week. So, and you have a blessed week too, Demir. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. Good night. Good night.